Louise McSharry on 2FM. Now, though, it is time for us, my friends, to talk pop culture. And I am so delighted this week to be joined by the font of pop knowledge and wisdom that is Cassie Delaney, founder of Tall Tales Podcast Productions. Hello, Cassie. Hi, Louise. I just audibly gasped at that news that that song is 20 years old. That is insane. I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But I just felt like the people needed to know. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's a lot to come to terms with on a Sunday morning. But I, it you know, really is. First together. losing the hour. Now this. Yeah. Well, that was good for me. I, mm. I woke up with a seven as the first number on my clock for the first time in a long time because my children slept till after 7 a.m. Now, it's not real and it won't last, but it was nice for one day. It you know? was nice. Yeah. Um, now, we have got a lot to talk about, so let's get stuck in. And uh, we are going to start with the tale of Splash News, which anybody who was uh, vampiric in their um, devouring of pop culture in the uh, early 2000s will know is a photo agency. I was a vampire. Um, and they have filed for bankruptcy. Mm-hmm. So this um, is coming off the back of a lawsuit by Meghan Markle. So the Splash News are kind of like a photo sharing agency and stuff. And they've they've gotten into a lot of trouble before. But they took pictures of Meghan and Archie on a private family outing. Um, and she successfully sued them. And now they've defaulted on a loan worth nearly $1 million. Um, so there's a couple of other things, I suppose, at play here as well. And the president, Emma Curzon, said that it's the financial problems are threefold, really. It's the lawsuit. It's the consequence of a pandemic and not being able to snap pictures of celebrities anymore. And then declining budgets within media spend. Mm. So it's just a kind of Unfortunately, seeing media outlets go out of um, or get into financial struggles during this time is quite a common story at this stage. But I think this one's particularly topical because of the nature of their business is paparazzi photos. And then they themselves often sue celebrities for republishing the photos for copyright breach. So it's a bit of a kind of dodgy little environment that they've created for I always themselves. find that absolutely wild that these agencies make money off taking paparazzi photographs of people okay fine it's part of the celebrity ecosystem but then they sue the celebs if the celebs post their photo the photo of themselves on Instagram or whatever it is absolutely wild and yeah. um, it's hard as much as as you said you know I have great sympathy for for media trying to operate in the current climate and over the last you know a changing media landscape it's hard to feel a lot sympathy for these guys yeah exactly it's kind of I think they should have pivoted earlier before Mm. the pandemic to realize that taking pictures of celebrities and then maybe suing them when they're um republishing them probably isn't the most sustainable business model Um, and look that's where they've they've landed themselves now so let it be a lesson to the other paparazzi agencies yes um, you need to branch out, my friends. Um, okay, let's talk about Jedward. I love oh, Jedward. Our boys. Don't you just feel like such a sense of pride for Jedward? Yes. Like they're everyone's child. But um, so they were part of the fantastic fundraising efforts by the Late Late Show on Friday to raise money for the Irish Cancer Society. I think they raised like two point six million, which Three is incredible. Three million, I read. Yeah. Oh, absolutely incredible. So the two boys came on and they shaved their kind of got rid of the the famous Jed head, as you called it, the big, tall, how do they achieve that volume kind of hair. And um, it was in honour of their mom, Susanna, who had passed away in 2019 from leukaemia. So it's just another another lovely act by the boys. They've been really kind of 
very moving talking about their experiences of grief and very vocal about how they've coped with it and especially grieving during a pandemic as well so Mm. I just think she'd be so proud of them and they're just lovely yeah and like they've had that haircut for like 20 years or something 20 years from the same time they actually made a a cameo in the Moulin Rouge video in the background (laughs) (laughs) well I have a little clip of them um, having their hair shaved off on the Late Late on Friday let's have a listen I didn't know it would come off so easy I'm going to get a collection of hats after this you are nice caps woolly caps and sunscreen you're going to need sunscreen everyone watching this Jesus (laughs) Jesus Oh, who am I? You're, who is this person? You're Jeff Timberlake. You're Timberlake. Good. You're yeah. Okay. Okay. Go. okay go. First reaction. Um, stunning. Sinead O'Connor. We're watching you. Nothing compares. <laughs> nothing compares to you. Okay, that's the first hat done. I just love that. Like they have definitely matured and they're able to speak about you know serious topics and articulate themselves very well. But the energy levels they just have not decreased, not even a little bit. Not once. And I will say as well, they've done a very good job of keeping that blonde blonde during lockdown. Like there's some sneaky toner going on there. I would say. I did see people asking some questions about um, Anne Doyle's immaculate. (laughs) <laughs> blonde hair on uh, Tommy Tiernan's show last night but I will say no more um, now because uh, I actually I do think that people have become quite adept at doing their own stuff at home um, oh you know. absolutely have you t- I haven't tried yet I'm too terrified I haven't and I won't ass. I haven't tried I'm lucky um, I don't have like a full a full dye job as it were um, I have what's called baby lights which are just mm. a few a few highlights um, but if so it's fine like it grows out grand and Amy my colours does an amazing job of it but when I had the full blonde bleach that is like at this point it would be like you know mousy dark blonde dishwater as my dad calls my natural hair colour these days down to about my ears and the rest would be white blonde I'd have to be doing something about that at home so I I have such respect for those who've gone off and tried it I'm still too scared What's it, what, what would you need, Cass? What do you do to your hair? I just, I need a good cut. Like, I, my yeah. hair hasn't been this long since I went to the Debs. <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, I haven't had my hair cut in, in uh, 15 months. And yeah. I am very much looking forward to that. Now, that's my own fault. I should have gotten it done when we had those small windows of opportunity. I took it for granted that that Which was, we would have loads of opportunity. I was like, no, blondes go before me. I was go like, before me, you need it more. I'll just get my colour done at Christmas. You know, let yeah. people ne- have the appointments. No, that was a mistake. Um, Okay, let's move on and let's talk about this one. Now, this one is interesting because I actually don't really know the players in this story, but I think it's quite symbolic because a massive YouTuber, star of the the YouTube channel Vlog Squad, has been dropped by multiple advertising brands. Yes, so David Dobrik, right? He's huge. I don't watch his content either. It's not for me. It's that kind of, they're called the Vlog Squad and they're pranks and... Um, it's a it's a big bunch of lads doing pranks on each other and other people. Right. But he's huge, right? So he's got up to kind of three or four YouTube channels where he um one is for like his podcast, one is for his views, one is for um the the pranks. And he was also co-founder of this new app, which seemed to be doing quite well in terms of getting funding and, and getting interest. So what has happened is a girl has come forward and made allegations of abuse against a member of the vlog squad. And it's in relation to a video that was posted. It's been since deleted, but was originally posted in 2018 in which the vlog squad lads get this girl really, really drunk. Uh, and the video was called something appalling, like she shouldn't have played with fire. But um, 
after the video was posted and then a couple of months later she came forward and she said look actually you kind of created an environment where I had to consent to posting the video but in reality I'm not happy about what was a the posting of the video and b what happened afterwards was that I was sexually assaulted by one of the vlog squad members so originally they kind of put out this sort of like half arsed apology Mm. but then came back and David has since stepped away from the app that he's co-founded but YouTube has also demonetized his platform so it's kind of a classic story now here of someone has risen to intense levels of fame through um, you know user generated content and posting themselves and not having appropriate experts around them advising them on what to do and now is being deplatformed losing their entire career and their reputation destroyed um, very very quickly because of because of being a horrible person it seems yeah um, I look so forward yeah. to um to reading kind of you know psychological research on you know what happens to people in these kind of careers where they they start I, I truly believe they start to think that rules don't apply to them yeah. and that boundaries are just there to be completely ignored and broken for the sake of content um, yeah and that everything is content everything and, is content and that's yeah. I think the difference we've seen a lot that's the difference between say a content creator on YouTube who's self-motivated and doing it all themselves and someone who comes up through traditional journalism roots and is working for an organization has a little bit more training and has the code of conduct and I think that's what we're really seeing is missing now in in a lot of like online media and stuff that people are consuming is that there's no conduct or ethics there and it's concerning yeah very concerning yeah people have to learn quickly I think Mm -hmm. and okay quickly before we before we take a little break It's Hannah Montana, and it's the 15th 15th anniversary of Hannah Montana, which is not something I would be paying close attention to. But geez, they're fairly banging on about it on the internet, aren't they? Yes, which has led to a couple of sort of fan theories, right? Again, another thing did not need to remind remind me how old I am. Like, I'm going to walk away from this conversation and celebrate my 72nd birthday. (laughs) Like, this is ridiculous. So um, Hannah Montana was 15 years old, and to mark the occasion... Miley posted this like really emotional thank you letter to two pages. Yeah, but to Hannah and to the and to the people who created the show and to Disney and all that kind of stuff. And then but also what was really interesting was like Joe Jonas and Selena Gomez and a couple of other people got received these big bunches of Hannah Montana flowers. So people are now suspecting that they're going to do a reboot of Hannah Montana because why would they put in so much effort to celebrating a 15th year anniversary if they're not going to do something with it yeah and also the official Hannah Montana Twitter account became verified just the day before the anniversary which some eager-eyed fans have spotted wow. um, and, and taken note of and they're saying that yeah look there must be a reboot coming along there must be and it makes sense because the appetite for nostalgia has never been more intense I don't think than it is at the moment people are desperate for the comfort of things from you know more normal times so Mm. I would be very surprised if they don't do something but it'd be interesting to see Miley in the context of that because you know she has moved on she has really moved on like she has come a long way from Hannah Montana and that kind of nice image and even as much to do the Black Mirror episode that was kind of like indicative that that was her experience but also has publicly spoken out about the toxicity of working with Disney and struggling with her body image and the Mm. anxiety attacks that she had on set so it would seem strange unless she went back to it in a very 
mature, controlled kind of environment where they acknowledged all those issues that she had previously. Well, I don't we know. will watch with Do great we need interest. a Hannah Montana reboot? I don't need a Hannah Montana reboot, no. but there may be people who, who do need a Hannah Montana reboot. Maybe. And for you, I am happy. Okay, Cass, we've got lots more to talk about. Chrissy Teigen's left Twitter, Chloe Kardashian, I just still can't accept it. Um, and we've got music from Nara Lane right after this. Louise McSherry on 2FM. Denise Tyler verse at the end of that. That is Nara Lane, who are also known as God Knows Murray and Denise Chyla. Song is Water on 2FM. And now we are joined by Cassie Delaney, founder of Tall Tales Podcast Production. And we are talking popular culture. We've got a lot to talk about. So let's get into it. Um, Chrissy Teigen has left Twitter, Cassie. Mm, this just goes to show that Twitter is a terrible, terrible place for anybody. <laughs> yeah. um, so she has been on Twitter for like the last 10 years and has a massive, had a massive, massive following of like 13.7 million people. Um, and she's been known as kind of like the clapback queen, famously got blocked by Donald Trump. It's very, very funny on the platform, but it's kind of spoken out now about how we see the funniness and we see the, the humor in it. But like she's been getting loads and loads of abuse and trolling and negativity. Mm. So she she put out a statement saying that for over 10 years, you guys have been my world. I honestly owe so much to this world we've created here. I truly consider so many of you my actual friends. But it's time for me to say goodbye. This no longer serves me as positively as it serves me negatively. I think that's the right time to call something. Which I think is a really interesting exit. Yeah. It's a really well thought out kind of moment to stop and pause and say, no, you know what? I am still getting some positives from this. But the negativity is just too much. So I'm going to step away from it now. Yeah. And I think any of us who kind of live online... um you know, you definitely have days where you think, why am I doing this? Like I yeah. recently deleted the Twitter app from my home screen because I was in that, you know, you're in that cycle of like you click into your Instagram, you click into your Twitter, you click into your mail, maybe, or you click into whatever your yeah. your platforms are. And I just found every time I went on Twitter, it was like a cesspit of negativity. It is, and especially at the moment, because it's this kind of like just pressure container of everyone having nowhere to go and being so... Yeah annoyed and opinionated all yeah. the time and it's polarizing so yeah less time online another walk just another walk never hurt anybody watching subtitled tv programs that's what's helping me yeah um, uh, definitely okay now let's talk about kylie jenner because there was a whole kerfuffle about kylie jenner this week which i personally think was crazy but uh you explain so Kylie Jenner, she's known obviously for being part of the Kardashian clan and being a self-professed billionaire. So um, no shortage of cash. And she was the receiving end of a lot of controversy this week when she shared a GoFundMe link for a makeup artist who'd been in an accident. And it showed on the GoFundMe link that she had donated $5,000. Now, at the time it was kind of being shared and, and criticised, the goal on the GoFundMe page was something like $60,000 and it kept going up. So... With something like GoFundMe, the more donations come in, you can raise the target so you can keep the page open and, and take in the donations. But the controversy came because um, people thought it was Kylie's makeup artist who had been in an accident and that she had only donated this kind of tiny sum in comparison to her actual wealth. But she came out and she clarified that it was not her makeup artist. It was a friend of her makeup artist. And she doesn't have a personal relationship with this person. I just met them a few times. And she wanted to donate to the cause and also raise more awareness for it. And at the time she donated, the target was only $10,000. So she donated 50% of what she thought was going to be 
the thing that they needed. Now, mm, I think that, you know, you can always criticize someone like Kylie Jenner, who's loads of money for not doing enough, but I'm sure that she's absolutely hounded every single day yeah. and needs to be cautious about where she does, um, where she does choose to spend her money and donate her money. And that to say, just because she only donated $5,000 to this, isn't saying that she's not off doing exceptional philanthropic work elsewhere. Yeah. I, I think it was a bit unfair. Yeah, I do too. Like at the end of the day, her it, let's just say the situation is her makeup artist is doing her makeup. She mentions, or he mentions, or they mention, I think is, is Ariel's pronouns. They mention that, um, you know, someone they know has been in this terrible accident. Oh, you actually met this person one time. And Kylie goes, oh my God, clicks into the GoFundMe. And I think she said actually at the time, 5,000 was all it took to get them to the current Goal. The target, yeah. yeah. So she's like, "I'll pay what up to the up to the target, but I'll share it as well, and then maybe more people will donate." Like, I don't see a problem with that, with that at all. I mean, yes, of course, we could look at all of the billionaires of the world, but the point is, if billionaires, <laughs> if we're going to do the right thing, what they do is not be billionaires and like yeah. end world hunger, but like they're not doing that. So why would we expect them to do differently for individual cases? Like, you know, the problem is billionaires in general and the existence it of is, billionaires. It is. It really is. Um, okay, uh, so staying with the Kardashians, I'm going to start this with a clip because uh, Andy Cohen, who is the godfather of the Housewives, uh, ha- has done this new series about reality TV, and he's saying Chloe's name is Chloe. You, you talked to Chloe Kardashian, and you said, I'm pronouncing her name. We've all been pronouncing her name wrong yes, this whole time. It's Chloe. Chloe is the name. There's a little accent over the name. No, 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 no. Sorry. I'm sorry. sorry, but. Yeah, I'm call sorry her. too, but. Call her. I will call See, her Chloe. I walked in, I go, Chloe, and the other women go, excuse me? And Chris said, yeah, that's actually really how it's pronounced. Because there's yes. a little... There's a little thing on top of the name. Why am I the only one that got that? Chloe? I got the memo. Okay, look. Yes, there is an accent on the E, but she has been saying Chloe. Her entire family have been saying Chloe, and the entire world has been saying Chloe for as long as we've known her. Like, exactly. It's crazy. I would say she has had ample opportunity to correct people if her name was actually Chloe, and that I don't think Andy Cohen's you know, realization here is going to change the world. It's Chloe. I would just refuse to accept this as a, as anything other than Chloe. Well, I do think that Andy Cohen is doing a very good job of getting promo for his new series, <laughs> which he's made for E, and which actually I would recommend if you have Hey You, which is the streaming platform that has like the Housewives and loads of reality TV stuff. They are actually streaming it as well, and it's called uh, For Real, and it's like the history of reality television. So I think it's four parts, and the first part aired this week. And if you're interested in reality TV, as I am, it is like oxygen for me and um, then it's it's good because he does he talks to the Clod- the Clodashians the Kardashians <laughs> and he goes back through like significant reality TV moments to kind of look at the journey of how we got to where we are in the world of reality TV which I found fascinating and um, now g- quick a quick royal hit before I let you go Cass okay, okay. Prince Harry has a job Prince Harry has a job right I'm saying this with like real strong kind of quotation marks because I have worked in tech and this is a made-up job this is someone with influence sauntering in and being given a very very high ranking role and they don't have to do much work I would say so he's the chief impact officer made-up title at a startup called better up which provides coaching and mental health services to corporate clients if this isn't the most startup-y, buzzwordy thing that you're ever 
going to hear. I don't know what is. So he's, CNN were basically like, what, well, what, what does that mean? What does a chief impact officer do? And it said that he's expected to have input into product strategy decisions and charitable contributions, two very different things, and advocate publicly on topics related to mental health. So I think this is just a really smart move by Better Up to get a lot of publicity, like an incredible amount of attention is being drawn to them because of this decision. And then also will can attract people to the company who want to talk to Prince Harry. I'd love to know how much he's getting paid. Well, yeah, Silicon Valley money isn't isn't um I mean, speaking of small. billionaires, yeah. <laughs> like they I feel like money just doesn't it's like meaningless to them. They're like, oh, yeah, sure. Throw them. I don't know, a mill or whatever. Yeah, and that means it totally nothing to them. Is. And like, do they even have a board that they have to go and question things at? Or are they just like, we'll just keep throwing money at it? I just think it's really, it's it's indicative of, a, of an issue that we have, I suppose, in startup culture, that they just take the most high profile person at that moment and mm. give them a high profile job and think job well done. But for something like, if you wanted to break down what a chief impact officer probably could do, it would be a really good opportunity to have... Um, you know, to in- include diversity into your, your values and well, your product decisions and your strategy decisions. Speaking, but instead we have a man who was literally raised in a palace walking into Silicon Valley and getting a job willingly. Well, speaking of palaces and speaking of diversity, I gather Buckingham Palace has discovered diversity. No, Louise, they are stressing, <laughs> stressing that they already had a diversity policy. Definitely oh, already, already had, had one. one. Oh, okay. Absolutely is something that's been part and parcel and part of the fabric of Buckingham Palace for a long time but they're saying they're just reviewing it and looking at it a little bit closer and exploring it a little bit more now obviously after the interview of 2021. Oh god I can't take me back I'd love to relive that that whole thing again I might just have to rewatch it. All right well Cassie Delaney thank you so so much for being with me today and enlightening us on all those pop culture stories. That's Cassie Delaney founder of the Tall Tales Podcast Network. Have a great one Cass. You too. Thanks a million. Bye. Louise McSherry on 2FM.